Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Hey, we've got our new guest host. Kirsten. Yes, Kirsten Priest. What's up? Oh my goodness, so excited to be here. I, you guys can't tell, but right now she's beaming with a uh, with a smile <laughs> from from ear to ear, just full on like excitement to be the new guest host slash new co-host uh of the soccer podcast how how excited are you right now i'm so excited i just cannot hide it well one it's friday so it helps yep that's that's always also why we recorded the podcast on a friday honestly that's very smart see there you go um so Kirsten, or as she will be forever now known when she told me this, uh, KP, uh, she will she will be known as that on the podcast and pretty much anywhere else in the field. Uh, but she's going to be joining our staff in the fall or potentially this summer as we start with the Delaware Union Diamonds. Um, you're coming from Shippensburg, correct? Yes, sir. All right, perfect. And uh, we're gonna do your you're gonna get your your entire episode coming soon of just all about you uh i know you're well excited. i hope it's exciting yeah you know I'm, well i hope i have exciting stuff to share <laughs> well i mean you you and duane have something in common um that that i don't know that you knew you had in common uh you were you were both coached by one chad reed one of one of many players he's produced <laughs> oh well, I wonder for his top eleven players. Yeah, do you guys crack the 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 Chad Reed top eleven? If I don't, then him and I will have a serious conversation. But top <laughs> I feel players. like I... she's putting herself in that. I'm gonna go with no, but she's putting herself in the top eleven. That's confidence that's, right there. That, that's some I'm for sure confident that me and my one friend who was for sure his favorite. If we're not in top 11, then something's missing. There's just something missing from his coaching and me just assuming that I am in the top 11. <laughs> I guess our marketing and analytics team has to uh, get in touch with Chad Reed, see if we can get an interview with his. I mean, listen, we're we're coming on. Well, actually, we've, we've gone past the six months already of the podcast and uh, he's yet to make an appearance. Now we, I mean, early on in the podcast, we talked about uh, the the what was it, one hundred and twenty six or whatever he was going to be guest number one twenty six based on our uh, good old Liga MX, uh, you know, the the back of the jerseys with the three numbers meant uh, what what number you were on the roster. Uh, so uh, so maybe uh, you know we'll see. I listen. Uh, I think at this point we have a better chance of seeing Chad Reed on the podcast than we do of having Dan Simmons back on the podcast. Danny uh, Simmons is just where <laughs> I feel like his location is always a question mark. That's exactly it is always a question. Mark. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. You are one hundred percent correct in that. Um, so let's 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 do a little recap of last week, and then we'll talk about tomorrow. But so last week we had our uh, event with ASPI and also Forever Fit Foundation down at Kent County, um, where they. Forever Fit Foundation came in and taught our players the FIFA 11 plus warm up 
or sorry, I, I, I need to actually stop calling it a warm-up. It's actually an injury prevention program. So they came and taught them the FIFA 11 plus injury prevention program, which the first six exercises of can be used as a warm-up for players for games. Um, and I thought it went really well. A uh, total of 150 players in between the two days. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it was awesome because um, I was just working with the famous Dan Simmons on some adding in some agility and coordination stuff into incorporating it into the warm up and the FIFA 11 plus program, you know, kind of allows you to integrate the best of both worlds and put them together and, you know, build that in and not necessarily save time, but, you know, kind of kill two birds with one stone and be able to hit both topics at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it, it. I think for our players, it's something that that they needed. Um, so, and then also it was the first time we KP was able to be introduced to our our players and some of our staff. Um, now, are are we as crazy as we feel like we are at times, or no? Are we good? Are you asking for my opinion? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I did feel like you guys were very approachable and social, so. No, you're not intimidating at all. If that was your question. Oh no, I'm never. I I mean, the intimidating question. That's that's Chad Reed. That's not me. It's the big man. That yeah. <laughs> you guys think Chad's intimidating? I mean, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> this is gonna answer that question. You can let him answer that question. Where 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 I end up when he starts to lose his lid? <laughs> yeah, we just look down at the floor and just try to pretend to not be not be noticed. We go the other way. We're over the fence at that point. Yeah, um, catch me at midfield. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so no, the the event went really well. Um, so we're very happy to be able to do that uh, with ASPI and with with Forever Fit Foundation, and we'll we'll do more of that as we go on. Uh, and then tomorrow, the three of us are back at the field, bright and early in the morning to uh, have our first diamonds tryout. Uh, I know Dwayne's super excited about this 9 a.m. tryout start. Yeah, but we yeah, could be there at 8, so... Yeah. Like, <laughs> got to leave at, like, 7. We got to wake up at, like, 6.30, but it's all good. It's, it's for a good cause. We've been looking forward to this day for... Three months? A long time, now, a couple months. Yeah, it's been building up, so it's finally here. We're able to get started, make that debut, and... uh Kind of go from there. So, I mean, all right. So, eight o'clock start time or eight o'clock meeting time, nine o'clock start time for the tryouts. All right. What what time do you think I'm going to end up getting there? No, the real question is not what time we're going to get there. Is are you going to have a team to scrimmage tomorrow? We are going to have a team to scrimmage tomorrow. That's already been set up, ready to go. We have a team to scrimmage. Um, you know, uh, I, I was able to get in contact with uh, soccer dance people. Uh, they were able to secure a time and a place for his team to be there. Uh, so w- there will be a scrimmage that will happen. Um, we all show up wearing the same uniform. That's the real question. <laughs> That's a different question. <laughs> <laughs> and how many people does the soccer day? Yeah, how many kids show up with soccer day in the car? <laughs> <laughs> Which is how uh, many kids show up in general? Is it five or did they come up with a full team? Yeah, all of a sudden it's 25. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so no, we're, we're looking forward to it. Um, so we, you know, we'll, we're going to be, um, hopefully launching a schedule in the next, in the next few weeks of what our UWS two, um, league will, will entail. 
you know, as we mentioned before, I'm the commissioner of our conference. Um, and uh, one of my jobs is to schedule the games. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that part of it. Good luck. Uh, I think I think it'll go well. I think we're all going to be on the same page um, when it comes to a late May, early June start. Is so. it, just don't book the same team in two different places twice. <laughs> Hopefully I won't. Uh, that would be difficult to play back-to-back <laughs> games or, you know, play at the same time with two people. But yeah, no, we're, we're looking forward to it. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a really good time. Um, so, so yeah, that'll be tomorrow. Um, all that information, we'll have pictures uploaded and all that stuff. That's going to be on Facebook, uh, on the Delaware union diamonds, Facebook page and Instagram. So that's facebook.com slash D E union diamonds or an Instagram at D union diamonds. And obviously of course, an ours, uh, on the Delaware union one, facebook.com slash Delaware union, Instagram at Delaware union soccer and on Twitter at D E union soccer. Uh, all that stuff is going to be uploaded we're not going to promise that we 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 end up shooting ourselves in the foot every time we, we do this uh but we are not going to promise any sort of live video or anything like that because anytime Dwayne and i promise that we're going to do some sort of live video or or uh you know on location interview we end up not doing any of it so no promises for that uh th- this time around no but if you do go uh want to donate to the gofundme we are um Try to raise funds for video cameras so you can it can be automatic and you don't have to rely on us. That that's also true. Yeah, yeah, we we are definitely looking for that. Yeah, so uh, donations are accepted. Uh, we'll have a little jar out there too. Dwayne <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Kirsten, uh, today is one of those days where um, I, I'm going to be a little nervous for the people we're going to be interviewing. Uh, mostly because as I was reading bios, I was like, oh my goodness, like this is going to be one of those things that uh, we're bringing in people that are extremely highly qualified. Uh, when we talk about licenses, they check every single box you can possibly think of. Uh, when you talk about coaching overseas, also check almost every box you can think of as well with experience. And not only that, when you talk about, and this has been a big topic of conversation on the podcast for the last couple of weeks, when you talk about creating things that are the right thing to do because it's the right thing to do. Again, we check all, all, all those boxes and we've been, we've been on a tour of trying to talk to different people that are players first clubs, just like we are. Um, and this is, I, I know we had somebody from the Red Bulls before, so that's can, time, kind of technically Jersey, but we're going to make this our first official New Jersey uh, club representatives that we have on the podcast. So today with us, we have Tom Shields, who is the STA technical director. And we also have Kelly Sims, who is the director of player development and director of the STA leadership program. Tom and Kelly, how are you? Very well. Thank you, Sebastian. Thank you all for having us this morning. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Excited to, to join you all. Um, now, just, just so we can briefly, and I, I can obviously read your bios to everybody in the world, uh, but, but Tom, give us the thirty-second like snippet of of Tom Shields as the uh, a soccer coach and a uh, little bit of your history because it's it's pretty cool where you've begun uh, to coach. Yeah, I appreciate that, mate. Thank you. Um, thirty seconds. Obviously, originally from England, um, have an undergrad degree in sports coaching, postgrad in sport and exercise psychology, with a, a minor in in coaching there. 
uh, former university lecturer in sports coaching over in the US, USFA license, national youth license, United Soccer Coaches Premier Diploma, DOC Diploma, um, been a, an ID2 staff coach alongside Kelly. I've, I've been there with 12 national team camps, um, been the technical director at STA, the first, I guess, official year as a technical director at STA, been in the club for four and a half years in, in various senior management roles. Um, Division one collegiate experience as, as a coach here in the US on both the men and uh, male and female side. Um, and yeah, let's let's stop there and turn it over. Um, obviously, we can touch upon anything that, that we've brought up at, at any point. But yeah, that's me and as much of a nugget as I can give right now. Awesome. Kelly, what about you? Give us your 30 second bio. Yeah, it's not really 30 seconds, Tom, but um, <laughs> grew up in uh, England, Southampton. So a lot souther than uh, Tom did. Uh, moved to America in 2009. Um, played at Arsenal. Um, Reading back in England. Started to play over here in the WPSL. Um, and then just started to coach. And then from there, obviously, built up, built up my licenses. Been with STA and been in New Jersey since I moved here. So 12 years on. She's awesome. being modest because she equally has an A license as well and a US yeah. soccer scouting license. So, um, yeah. There you go, Cal. I mean, that's that's awesome. So, uh, for for one of my best friends who's an Arsenal fan, uh, that'll that the the Arsenal part will will go really well, uh, which was which is good. And actually, we're going to talk about Arsenal later on in the podcast when we talk about uh, our on this day in soccer history. But let's 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 dive into STA. So, uh, Tom, tell us about STA in general as a soccer club uh, because you guys are doing some really really cool things. You're part of the girls' academy. So you're one of the first clubs in Players First. Um, so tell us about STA as a soccer club. Yeah, so we were, or we, yeah, we were one of the first 46 clubs nationwide to be awarded the, uh, the P1 license. Um, as you said, we have we have Girls Academy. We're a former Development Academy member, um, boys ECNL member, uh, National League representation. So we we kind of have about 1,500 kids across two two locations, 84 teams, almost 30 full-time uh, staff coaches, um, obviously ranging from a high degree of, of collegiate and professional experience over here in the US and, and back in England. Um, probably have now close to 270 alumni playing in um, in college, kind of across the, the male and female side. Um, and as we kind of spoke about offline, Sebastian, you know, our mission statement is is kind of clearly defined as to, to try to maximize potential. So everything that, you know, myself and Kelly and a number of the other senior management do is all geared around really trying to increase the level of, um, of player education experience um, that, that our kids and, and importantly, our families are exposed to. Um, so we've been, you know, we've been very intentional and very deliberate about providing as many opportunities as possible for heightened educational experiences. We, we invest in a, a variety of um, sports science, uh, sports science support, video, um, wearable technology, um, uh, statistical, uh, like Instat. Uh, we also have partnerships with a, a range of, of providers um, that, that, that give us insight and support with with SAT and ACT prep um uh, yeah we, we 
we basically tried to leave no stone unturned in, in what we can what we can do on the field and, and obviously equally off the field. And I think, and that brings up a good point. As I was, I was doing some research on your website, um, and I'm going to ask this to Kelly. Uh, you know, considering you're you're the director of player development, you know, there's a there's a line when I was reading your mission and vision statement and your values and things like that. <clears throat> but there was a line that said uh, one of our one of our key things as as our culture is being more than just a soccer club. And I think you know Tom just touched on on a lot of the different extra things. But what does it mean? for when when you talk to players about playing for a club that is more than just a soccer club? Um, I think it's just making sure that we always put the person before the player. Um, so it's not all about, you know, the wins and the losses and, you know, game day and practices, but it's what we can do outside of that um, that creates that culture that we're looking for. So whether it can be supporting our community with fundraisers, whether it's going sledding, right, instead of going practicing for team bonding, um, you know, and I think little things like that, just to show that you're not just at STA to practice three times a week and, and play at the weekend. And that's kind of all you do together. Um, but it's about other ways in which we can bring everybody together, you know, learn a few life lessons in a different way off the field, um, which will, you know, hopefully help us on the field. Now, do you think that's a, and I've, in you know, you guys being from England and I'm, I'm originally from Argentina. So for me, the, the idea of a club, culture is a little bit different than 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 what it is right now in the states and i think it's changing but do you think we're starting to see this idea of a culture um of of supporting your town club and ultimately like you just said right it's not just about about just showing up three times a week and then showing up on the weekend but it's basically like you're you're this like this is what you do right this is part of your life this is almost like um like your big thing from outside of your house, right? Like any other point you're representing for, in your case, STA, right? Do you think we're, we're, we're the, the culture in soccer in the United States is ch- changing towards that direction where this is becoming a true life uh, or, or a big part of our lives instead of just an extracurricular activity? I mean, I think, Sebastian, it's clubs are becoming far more intentional about what they do to provide us, you know, to provide a, an environment for their children to grow up in, right? And as Kelly said, you know, at almost all levels of our program, we can expect the, you know, the players and the families to be around us four to five days a week, um, maybe even more, right? Considering, you know, whatever the, the kind of tournament or, or game schedule is at that point. Um, so as a result, you know, it, what we've been very deliberate about is making sure that that, that they feel like they're part of a community and it's not just transactional. It's not just you arrive, you drop kids off. Um, and that, that extends itself to, to what the players are doing. And, you know, we try as a staff, whether it's boys staff with girls staff or, you know, older high school age coaches with younger, with younger players, uh, younger team coaches is, is to support one another. Um, and in, and in turn hope that the players do the same so, you know, when we travel to events together, it's it's very deliberate about, you know, the girls used to go away pre-COVID um, or on Labor Day and they would have, you know, a, a kind of club-wide bonding night. Um, the boys the same every, you know, every major kind of weekend to Jefferson Cup. And it's basically about making sure that the, you know, the 17, 18, 19-year-olds understand that the 13, 14, 15s look up to them. Um, 
that you know the leadership program that we'll touch upon is is about providing another opportunity for our kids to give back to the very youngest um so yeah it's i think i think now that people are far more aware of you know frankly what some other programs are doing and, and what it might look like in other parts of the world there's a there's a there's a very real intention from you know more than just obviously us as a program to to kind of do that and um yeah i think we're i think we're starting to see the us catch up frankly in in you know in comparison to what happens elsewhere yeah um and and what a great great segue to the leadership program and this is and i came across this uh even before ashley lair from us club connected us um i came across the leadership program in an email or or something like that and i and i basically just dove deep into to the website of just reading about it cuz i thought it was really interesting um, so Kelly, tell us about the, the leadership program that, that you're doing at STA. Um, yeah, so basically in lockdown, um, Beyond Pulse did a webinar and it was, uh, with Zach, um, who runs something similar, um, in Connecticut and it's kind of everything that I enjoy doing, um, and learning about like leadership and, and things like that. And I feel like I learned a lot about it in lockdown and, and previously through my AMIB license. So Straight away, it was something that I was like, oh, I'm going to jump on the phone. I'm going to try and find out more and, and see if this is something to do, you know, within STA. And what I've always enjoyed doing at STA is trying to find new ways to uh, implement things to the, you know, to the players, but in like a kid version. Um, so I think this was my way and our way of trying to like transfer everything that we know, um, completely adapt it to help them to learn it um, and see, you know, the benefits of the culture and leading yourself and, and leading others um, and then find a way to kind of help them to then impact, you know, their teams and their communities. So it started out, you know, just as an idea and it kind of just built on then and then, and then, you know, obviously this winter we, we started it. And to be honest, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and every week was different and every week almost got a little bit better in its own way. Um, so yeah, I think it was really enjoyable and I'm definitely excited to, you know, go again next year. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it went. How many, uh, how many players did you have in your first class? So we had 16. Um, the idea was that anyone was allowed to apply. They went through a little application process where, um, multiple coaches kind of read through the applications and made like their own little shortlist. And in the end, you know, we picked out kind of the top 16 ranging from, 2008 to 2004s so we ended up with about 75 applications um and ended up with 16 that kind of made it in the end that's 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 awesome and, and i think you know in even just that part of it just the application process as a life lesson to, for ultimately what becomes you know adult adulthood to a certain extent of just being able to go through it at that age and it at times you know we we don't really talk about the 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 rejection aspect of it right you have your you know 80 plus applications for 16 spots obviously not not everybody made it so it's the matter of now you know what do you tell the, the kids that didn't make it you know is it and, and again I'm, I'm hoping that it goes back to your culture of just like just you know continue to maximize your potential um you know continue to just to strive and, and next year maybe it changes right am, am i right am i am i assuming right am i in that in that direction yeah um look we obviously, as, as I touched upon earlier, we, we have varying degrees of, of levels that, that players will ultimately end up achieving in, in every aspect of life, right? Like, 
you know, we sit here as adults and, and, you know, young professionals knowing that, um, frankly, something, you know, wanting something isn't going to be a guarantee of getting something. Um, and, you know, part of, part of our, Kelly mentioned lockdown where this idea was born, you know, we had a, a kind of an own your lockdown mentality of that people will, will get out what, what you put in, you, you kind of own what you do or what you don't do. Um, so the, the application process allowed us to dive quite deeply into um, a, what the, maybe what the players currently are doing in various, you know, capacities to give back to their communities or, or lead it. But more importantly, it was, it was about, you know, what they wanted to do with the knowledge and, and how they, you know, had, had pretty, I guess, uh, pretty coherently already mapped out where they wanted to, to try to use the skills and understanding that they, they were going to gain. Um, and it was just candidly that, right? Like that, hey, right now, and, and we speak about this in every asset of the program is, you know, where are you right now? And right now is not going to be a, um, it's not a definitive statement of where you're going to end up. Um, and, and part of growing is is obviously navigating ups and downs and highs and disappointments and, and how you respond to setbacks is ultimately critical as well. So it was, yeah, you know, we'd love to be able to run at eight classes in one go, but it was me and Kelly and we, we couldn't. Um, but hopefully the people that, you know, were excited to be part of it this year that didn't make it look at how they can, you know, take that feedback on board, embrace it, adapt, grow and be in a position next year where, or obviously they they would be successful. Um, that's that's certainly the hope. But you know, we I I think sometimes Sebastian, people in our industry, we forget that honesty is going to be important to to learning and growth and development. And like we said, if it's just a right now, it's it's not that you're not good enough. Period. It's that just right now, this is where we're at, and and this is the decision we have to make. So no, and we and it's and it's I mean it's it, it again we. And I'm I'm sensing that there's a cultural shift in this, but we see it every once in a while. I mean, we we look at the ability. I mean, we we look at just the just a tryout method in general of just judging kids in an hour and a half period of like, well, you're not good enough to 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 play at this high bar that we've set for ourselves. When we don't really know if let, let's just for example say the kids don't necessarily come specifically from your program, right? But well, you don't meet our standards. Well. Yeah, you don't meet your standards because they've never played in your program before. You don't know what that kid is ultimately going to be able to do if you give them two months in your program, and now maybe they they're able to catch up to that bar. Um, but in general, I think you know the this idea of of going beyond just the X's and O's or beyond just being able to kick a soccer ball and 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 expanding. And again, we you know the four pillars of the game. One of those is psychosocial, and it's the least talked about one. But we all, all constantly say it's the one that's the most important. Um, but so it's great that you guys are doing something that, that is bringing that up on both ends, right? The, the kids that make it and the kids that don't make it, you're, you're still gaining something out of it. And I, and I agree with you that development takes time and it's a right now thing, right? It might not be tomorrow, but it might be the day after it might not be today. Um, so what are you looking to now that you have your first class, especially with your older players so that the, the, the players that are in that Oh, four age group or that Oh, five age group. Uh, are you looking for opportunities for them to be able to do some stuff over the, over the spring or, or to be able to do some volunteering things as well with the younger players? Go ahead, Kels. 
Yeah, so the, the last bit of the, um, the leadership program was for them to take their um, foundations of coaching course with the United Soccer Coaches. So they've now all completed that. Um, and previous to that, they were able to coach with our kind of our youngest age groups from like 2011s down. Um, so the idea now is to obviously get them involved if they want to with, you know, coaching and assisting during the week, but then to also have them kind of experience and, and continue to, um, you know, be put you know out of their comfort zone with little warm-ups or half-time speeches and, and little things like that, that maybe they haven't experienced before. Um, because a lot of the things during the leadership program was like, you know, intentional behavior of a coach. So, and, and how that can impact and how that can um, affect the players, you know, that, and control kind of the environment that you work in. So, you know, we're looking to see if they not only can make a difference within their own teams um, and kind of change their behavior to improve the culture and improve performance within their own groups, but whether they can also step into environments that maybe they're not so comfortable in, you know, coaching alongside a coach that maybe they don't know, um, reflecting on what they did well, what they maybe didn't do well, for example, um, and then kind of putting those pieces together and seeing if they can, you know, learn as they go, um, as we speak. That's awesome. That, that's really, that's really good. Um, all right. So when we talked about, you know, you guys were one of the first 46 clubs in, in the, in the P1 program, what, what led you to applying for that? Um, so I actually had a conversation in Casa Grande at, at one of the ID2 camps with Leo Garcia, who is uh, obviously one of, um, or the, the, I guess, the vice president of, of the MPL and, and US Club Soccer. Um, and Leo had been speaking about a conversation that he and Ashley had had about, you know, a program that was going to try to uh, evidence best practice in the youth soccer space. You know, I've, I've not been afraid to, to kind of share my views that I think they're, that we, it's kind of a moral obligation from youth coaches and club directors to, to frankly level up the quality of, you know, of experience that, that, that kids receive in this country. You know, we've, we've referenced where me and Kelly come from. And um, I think if, if 20 years ago, we would have been overwhelmed, should we have had the same type of, you know, facilities to train on and, um, you know, education opportunities and experiences that that you know children in the US have um and what they consider as normal and, and it was basically born out of okay you know STA is a, is a club that has professional staff we want to do everything mm -hmm. we can um in the most professional way possible we want to be able to share ideas that that might help um support you know initiatives in other clubs ultimately to to increase the level of player education and experience, right? That's what we spoke about earlier. It's to, it's to change, to kind of have a paradigm shift of changing, you know, what what should be considered normal. Um, and when when youth clubs like ours have professional staff at their disposal, it should be that, okay, maybe the level isn't quite as high as, as you know, on a competitive spectrum, but, but everything else that we do to tailor, you know, everything else that we do to try to support the growth and development of the kids, you know, it should be as good as anywhere else in the world, frankly. Um, so P1 and, and the, the P1 membership program gave us an opportunity to, um, to kind of demonstrate what we do and, you know, how we do it. Um, and obviously evidence to, to others, what is normal at STA. Um, 
And, and it's great to be part of a community of, of like-minded programs and club directors that, you know, when we say to the kids, try to be better tomorrow than you are today and try to get 1% better in the concept of marginal gains, that there's a community of people striving to do the same thing uh, that ultimately are invested in, you know, the, the growth and development of the game as a whole um, and are prepared to, to go up above and beyond to meet the needs of, of their membership. Um, so a way of demonstrating that was there was kind of perfect alignment and obviously this and a number of other opportunities have, have been great in order to share those ideas and um, yeah, just continue to build a, you know, a community across the game at the, the youth level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I, I, I'm going to just, I have the, since I have the recording of it now, anytime I want to explain why we joined the P1 program, I'm just going to take your recording and just play it for their <laughs> parents. And I'm like, that's me talking. That's, that's absolutely me. Um, no, but you're absolutely right. I think it, 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 it does really just all come down to this idea of, of more than just the, you know, the results are more than just the wins and the losses of what else are you doing? And, and can that be the standard, right? That when we look at the player holistically and, and we look at the player as a person and not just a number in the back of a Jersey or, or a number on a spreadsheet or the dollar signs that are just walking around. Um, so no, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. So uh, before we wrap up, we like to ask every guest on the show, uh, to give us their three favorite soccer players, uh, we we feel like that's always an important question uh, because Kelly's got to pass on this one. That's fine. Kelly can go first uh, uh, because we we the, everybody has a has a different reason why uh, their favorite players their favorite players. So uh, so yeah. So uh, and Tom right now I think is struggling to figure out what he's going to do. Uh, but but Kelly, go ahead. Uh, tell us your your three favorite soccer players. I'm gonna have to go old school. Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes, and David Beckham. All right, just, 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 you're just gonna drop all through them like that. No explanation. Just <laughs> drop the mic, walk away. <laughs> Pretty much. We know who she supports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know. Goodness, I was like James Ward Prowse. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not really many explanations, but that was my kind of culture of growing up supporting United um through the treble um watching games being part of got three brothers you know it was football 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 all the time and straight you know I kind of read the quiz question quickly a minute ago um and those three players just jump out straight away so perfect all right Tom yeah I'm not as cutthroat as that um (laughs) horse goals though is definitely there um remember seeing him in a in a game Man United against Newcastle. My dad's an avid Newcastle fan. Uh, early 90s when he was just breaking on and just being mesmerised by what he could do with the football. Uh, I was a centre-back. So, you know, Franco Baresi and, and Paolo Maldini at, at, at Milan, just the way that those guys defended was just breathtaking to me. Um, I don't know if I'd class them as favourite, but certainly people that I reference, you know, all the time. And then... Um, I'm a Hull City fan. I don't even know if you guys know who Hull City are, um, but it's it's obviously not a mainstream program. Uh, so I think, you know, someone that I'm, I'm fortunate to call a friend now as well, but Nick Barnby was kind of a homegrown hero and, and somebody that, you know, I admired for a long time. And I remember watching him when England beat Germany 5-1 and, you know, then to later be able to, to work alongside him and become a friend with, you know, 
yeah, so I think I'm going to go there. I think we'll go Paul Scholes, Nick, and we'll go with Franco Gracie. That's awesome. Now we, yeah, no, we. Um, I think in doing, we'll refresh my memory, but I think Hull Hull City was one of the. So we did a game uh, a few months back where uh, where we I would just give out the three letter abbreviations for every, for a bunch of different teams from around the world, okay. and yet you had to you had to basically figure out the thanks. And then I think uh, Hull was one of them. Yeah. yeah I'll take it. I yeah. said my ambition was everyone that I meet in America to make Hull their second favorite team. If we can do that, we'll be in a good place. So funny you mentioned that because uh, I, I coached with somebody in Knoxville, Tennessee, whose ambition was to do the same thing, but with Wolves. Yeah, we don't. They don't need it anymore. I just thought that was interesting. I just think it's I just think it's interesting because uh I, I just like I like that part of it though. But great. I mean, listen, uh you uh you've added another whole city to the there we go. The I'll take we're, it. We're, we're we're in, we're in mission accomplished. Thank we're you. In. Yeah, we are we are in. Um well we really appreciate your time today. Um what you guys are doing at STA is fantastic. Uh, hopefully we actually get to see each other on the field. We're, we're not that far away from each other. Absolutely. So, so, so for sure, um, need to find some time to catch up. Uh, I'm definitely going to be emailing Kelly, uh, to talk about the leadership program because there's some ideas that I want to try to, uh, borrow from her, uh, to see if we can, uh, if we can do, uh, something similar at Delaware union. So, uh, really appreciate your time and Best of luck in the the rest of the spring or the beginning of the spring season, really. Um, and uh, thanks to thanks for doing what you're doing. No, thank you so much for having us and, and for the kind words, guys. And, and best of luck with this as well. All right, moving on to the Champions League um, and the Europa League. What in the world is going on in the world, Dwayne? Um, well, one Sevilla is not winning the Europa League this year. Yeah, so, definitely, definitely not happening. There's uh, a shift. Oh. Yeah, there the Europa League action. No Sevilla, so I think the Europa League is up for grabs for the first time in like five years. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. Poor, poor Rakitic, who uh, who last week was was player of the match, uh, is no longer available for any sort of title win here anymore. Um, but you know, it, yeah. So I mean, the Champions League, um, unfortunately for us. Uh, Barcelona gets knocked out. Uh, I mean, fortunately for Dwayne, he was in a win-win situation in that game. Uh, no matter what, he was winning, right? I mean, right. it was either PSG or Barcelona. So you're you're Jordan or Messi. Right? <laughs> you're good to get Jordan or Messi. <laughs> I was on both. I'm on both bandwagons here. <laughs> but you're on the Jordan bandwagon, which is not even that really like. You're just on the sponsor. That's like you just say, well, I'm on the Nike bandwagon, which is why I want Barcelona. I don't root for them when they're wearing Nike. When they got the Jordan on, the biggest fan. There you go. <laughs> um, so Barcelona's out. Uh, Juve's out, meaning two of the biggest uh, players and biggest names in, in world football are completely out. No, no Ronaldo, no Messi. Basically, if you're a football fan, Tom Brady got knocked out the playoffs and uh, Aaron Rodgers got knocked out the playoffs. Uh yeah, same same with RG three and uh, Johnny Menzel, right? <laughs> this is exactly why there should. They didn't, they didn't make it out of the. Those are the teams that get knocked out of the Champions League in like August. Oh okay, all right, fair enough. This is why for me, soccer, any football has to be with a round soccer ball, not some sort of oval shape. Like thing. the team from like Latvia that makes the <laughs> league. Young boys, 
Well, no, young boys are in the in the uh, in the Europa League this year. Um, you know, Holland continues to score goals for Dortmund, and uh, and Liverpool somehow finds a win at home. They haven't won at home in in a while, but somehow like, they yeah, it's been a while. They went to the Champions League at home. See yeah. where their priorities are. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. For sure. Well, I mean, he's already Klopp has already said that he's not he's he's pretty much already lost the Premier League, so he doesn't really care. He's gonna go hard for the Champions League. Yeah, I mean, it's either that or he's gonna go hard for that Germany job. I mean, it's it's one of those two options, right? So, um, and no, then his name, the hat. his name is in the hat. I mean, I I mean, his name's already in the hat. I mean, he is wearing the hat. Yeah, it's already <laughs> it's already been it's already been stickered on the hat. Um. And then from the Europa League standpoint, you know, Arsenal with a big win against Olympiacos in Greece. Um, Tottenham with a win. Roma with a win. Grenada. Grenada, man, moving in. Uh, they're trying to make – they're trying to be the new Sevilla. There's, there's got to be a Spanish team. The window of opportunity is here. I mean, there's only two Spanish teams left in the Europa League. It's Villarreal and Grenada. So one of those two have to be in the final. Or else, you know, something collapses or something falls or, you know, something, something, something Arsenal, goes wrong in the world. Arsenal is in like 10th place. Like they're the Europa League player for that. They're, they're on, they're on Klopp's plan of uh, focus on my, my Europe competition and not the Premier League. So we'll talk about Arsenal in a little bit too. Um, Before you go on Holland, he's got a cousin. Did you see that stat? No. His cousin in Norway. Like 136 goals in like 90 games. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just like, yeah. Where well, do they feed those kids out there, wherever in Norway they are? Because goal scoring machines. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think they, you know, maybe it's one of those things where they they have to score five goals in the morning before they can have breakfast or something. Yeah, so that way they just goat milk or something like that. <laughs> did you say goat milk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh all right sure why not um all right so the u23 men's roster was announced um what what do you think Dwayne? you think we got it we got a shot at this well i think they made a statement i mean granted that clubs can't release or can choose not to release their players but i think you see that some guys may have elevated themselves into the national full national team and are kind of above the competition. And I think for this group, it's more of a group that's going to be the next group of stars, probably making their move to Europe. Like, I think they look to the next group of guys that have to elevate themselves into that status. There's some guys that have been in the team before, but I think they took the, they, they're focusing on the next group. They want to promote into that pool of national team players. Yeah. I mean, for me, some of the standouts are Matt Freeze, obviously from the Philadelphia Union, um, and uh, Yuli Yanez um, from from the, he's playing in in the Netherlands, uh, who we've seen in the national team before. Get some some uh, first team minutes as well. Sebastian Soto is up there, right? Uh, Sebastian Soto, yeah. Those are the three the, the three big names that I I really I'm really looking forward to watching. Um, so yeah, I, I think this this will be this will be really good. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully uh, players get released. Hopefully, you know, 
hopefully the the there are a lot to happen. Um, Conmebol just just canceled the uh, qualifiers for uh, March. They were supposed to happen in the next week or two, um, and they canceled them. Argentina was Argentina was supposed to play Uruguay and Brazil, and they canceled them because the European players would have to quarantine for like ten days when they can't when the when they got back to Europe. Um, now Argentina, I will give them credit. They were all for the idea of going like we'll just play with all the players from the from Argentina or South America. Yeah, I mean that's Brazil. A, Brazil and Uruguay were like, nah, we're we're we need we need we <laughs> we yeah, can't go in. We got guys, no we got no goalkeepers, uh, no forwards, nothing. Uh, well, they could call Danny Alves. Danny Alves is available. Danny Alves is—he was like, "Hey, I'm I'm still here, 38, yeah. 39, however old he is. I'm still Danny running." Danny Alves. Danny Alves was definitely available. Um, so uh, we're gonna check in uh, as we move on. Uh, we're gonna check in on on our friends uh, as we did last week on our friends from around the country that are playing college soccer right now. So uh big shout out to our, our very, very good friend, Kelly Brown, uh, who is the head coach at Regis university in Colorado, who got a huge win against Colorado Christian for nothing win. Um, it, and they beat the other day, they beat the FC Boulder WPSL women's team as well. Um, so the right now they they are on a after a tie against Colorado School of Mines, which we talked about last week. They're on a huge uh, like upward swing here. They're so, going to win the Colorado Domestic Cup. I mean, yeah, they, they have they have a they have a conference. Uh, you know, they they have the it's the RMAC, the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference uh, in Division Two that they they're playing for. Um, you know, yeah. Colorado. And I got some insight. I got some insight, you know, inside scoops into the fact that Colorado School of Mines is supposed to be like the front runners for the conference championship, and uh, and they tied them one one in overtime. So, you know, why is it the school? Not, like, what? It, like, we still don't know. We still don't know. We that that part is still unanswered. Is it like an engineering school? Like you go there to mine? I think so. Everybody, I think it's, I think it's heavily heavily engineer, like heavily like mine based, like. I think so. K- KP, KP, how's your uh, how's your Colorado college uh, trivia? Um, fun fact: my head coach at Chippensburg is from Colorado, so he has family members who play in the RMAC. Um, I think it's the mining school because it is engineering and mining, and they do a lot of oil fracking out there. If fracking is the correct word, I'm not 100 percent sure, but they do a lot of that. So, listen, you just said more words than we have said about <laughs> the Colorado School of Mines, so you win. I, I think that's like, correct. Whole bunch of insight. <laughs> she yeah. just said a word I can't spell. Like, I don't, I don't. Well, fracking? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to spell it. Armac. <laughs> you know, I know how to spell Armac. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think it starts with an F R A C K I N G, right? Would that would would that be? That sounds it. correct. All right, perfect. Yes, point for me. Here in Colorado, they dropped the G. It's out west. <laughs> Just fracking. <laughs> uh, Colorado, the new member of the South. Uh, where are they fracking? Yeah, they're fracking. Yeah. In the RMAC. In the RMAC. Um, 
so all right, so uh, and then we're gonna check in on our and our very good friend, Coach Mike B, uh, from the University of Delaware, uh, who took on their state rival of Delaware State University, beat them five one. Um, you know, goals by Olivia Shuck, uh, Kate Hennessy, who's who's two for two in goals. Okay, goal in the last goal in the last game, goal in this game. Uh, so yeah, um, the, the route one Derby. Yeah. Route one Derby. This I don't know time. If they have a rivalry name for it, but let's go with the route one Derby. We can call it that. Um, you know, I just, you know, I realized, uh, you know, you know how a few weeks ago we had our, our, our good friend from North Dakota on the, on the podcast and we asked him, we forgot to ask him about the Dakota cup. Oh yeah. So North I think we just cup, now, really? we now need to bring him back on to talk about the Dakota cup. Yeah, it's gotta uh, be big. It's gotta be right. We we talked about this this Dakota Cup thing, and we never really asked about it. Um, yeah. So we'll have to we'll have to think about that. We'll have to bring that we'll have to bring that up again because I I thought about that and then and then we just never asked that question. But Dakota Cup, the Dakota Cup. Yeah. Uh, how how KP? How well versed are you in uh, your North Dakota trivia? Because apparently, when I said Colorado, you were all about it. So. How good are we on North Dakota, South Dakota rivalry? I would say 0%. Okay. <laughs> I don't know much about, I don't even know where they're at in the map. So don't judge <laughs> me there, but yeah, I know where Colorado is. Cause I've been to Colorado. So. North Dakota is just North of that. Okay. Went right over. It. I believe you. And South Dakota is <laughs> just below it. But yes. I <laughs> that. Um, all right. Player of the match. Uh, so KP, this is when we uh, we give an award out to a player or person or whoever that we think uh, over the last week has done something that is is worth noting. Um, so I'm going to go first. Uh, Yamila Rodriguez from Boca Juniors women's team um, scores a goal against Kinderman uh, from Brazil. Uh, the other day to now be at the top of the women's Libertadores. Um, so the way that the women's Libertadores works, which is really interesting, kind of works like a world cup in a way. Um, they have, uh, four groups and there's four, four teams per group. Um, top two from each group, I believe advance, to the quarterfinals and then um then we move on to the semifinals and the finals uh they're all happening in argentina so all the so all the teams are in argentina right now they the it happens from march 5th to march 21st so the last of the group stage matches happen today and then uh sunday and monday are the quarterfinal games uh, Boca Juniors is going to play on Sunday against America de Cali from Colombia. Um, and then the semifinals are on Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday with the finals being next Sunday. So Boca Juniors trying to... A lot of recovery play, recovery play. Like yeah. I was, You said March 5th to the 16th? To the 21st. 21st, 21st, 21st. So it ends. It ends a week. Days, that's what it is. Yeah, it is. It ends. It ends a week from Sunday. So, uh, so yeah. So yeah, Yamila Rodriguez, who is also on the women's national team, on the Argentina women's national team, uh, who played 
here in the U.S. in the She Believes Cup, scores a header um, to to secure oh, the U.S. to secure first place. Uh, yeah, they also played Canada and Brazil. All let's right, Dwayne. Let's just score the game. I can't remember. All right, Dwayne, you're yeah. up. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Josh Sargent. Um, three goals in three games, I believe, um, in this past three games in the Bundesliga. Um, men's national team needs a number nine. Uh, Josie Altidore is not the answer. Um, long term, so or short term, like, gotta bring him back. No term, no term. Like they keep trying to bring him back. Like he's not built for it. Um, yeah, Josh Sargent, man, only American out here scoring goals other than Weston McKinney. So you know we need somebody for that forward spot. Someone's going to score goals. We got all these other good, great players, but. All in all, to win the game, you got to score goals, and that's what we need. So he's working his way into that Gold Cup. Uh, what else are we in? The Nations League? Yeah. And then World Cup qualifiers. The World Cup qualifiers trying to work his way back in. If yeah. His team releases him this time. Yeah, that's true. They didn't want to let him go last time. So, um, all right, KP, I know we're going to put you on the spot, but you got a player of the match for this week? Oh my gosh, you guys are going to think I'm like the most boring person ever. I actually like watch soccer very vaguely. Um, I know that's depressing to know. <laughs> um, but going off of the She Believes Cup, I believe like Kristen Press, if that's an appropriate answer, she's not my favorite player, but I think she's always in the right place at the right time. And she did um, tally some goals in the she, um, the Believes Cup. So if that's a safe answer, I'm going with her. That's fine. Yeah. Argentina, okay. Right? Huh? I'm against Argentina. Is she scoring against Argentina? I don't know. Nobody that nobody watched I that think... game. What are you talking about? Uh... All right, so we're moving. All right, KP, your time's done. Thank you very much. Yep. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> from now on, that game is erased from history. <laughs> oh, the USA Argentina one. Yeah, that's oh, because we... it was six zero. Yeah, I understand that. Oh, oh man, she's now she's taking shots at me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the funny I mean, part is none of you guys were around that day right like it didn't happen during like when it was happening i got zero text messages zero phone calls zero anything all of you come out afterwards going oh what happened in the game i told you i said it on the podcast there is zero percent chance argentina was going to win that game i was just happy i was just happy with six and not 16 I'm changing my player of the match to Kristen Press because she scored in the 88th minute, stuck a knife in it. The right. game was over, and she said, you know what, Argentina, here you go. Always in the right place, trying to score goals with two minutes left in the game. Great, fantastic. You guys you guys rock. Uh, <laughs> you guys are amazing. Um, man, I just changed the tar- start time for tomorrow. We're, we got to be there at 7.30. No more 8 o'clock start time, just 8, 7.30 tomorrow. Well, I live 15 minutes away, so you want me there at 7.30? I can be there at 7.30. Oh, see, there you go. All right, so on this day in soccer history, um, we're going to do two for one today uh, because we are. Uh, Two things happen that I think are pretty cool. All right, so um, trivia question for you, Dwayne, and KP as well. Um, How many matches do you think Pele played in his career inside of England? I'm guessing not a lot. See, he played for Brazil, in Brazil, and air travel wasn't as frequent. So 
he probably had to get on a boat. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> so Pele's played one game in London his entire career, and it was on March 12, 1973. Um, and it was against Fulham, um, who at the time was playing in the second division. They had a record-breaking attendance that year or that day for the season of 21,000 people. Uh, Pele did score a goal off the PK, off a PK. Um, and, uh, but Fulham ended up winning two to one. Um, maybe it was one of those goals that, you know, when they talked about Messi having more goals than Pele, this is one of those goals that the Brazilians want to count back. <laughs> we'll see uh, what they Santos, because the he scored first, he played, was playing for Santos at the time. So we'll see what they did with the gate receipts. Um, yes, so yeah, they probably did count this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it so like they won everything over there, so. yeah, yeah, they won it all. Uh, so now, um, moving up a couple years to March 12, 1997. Um, so Arsenal, uh, who, as we mentioned before, one of our, our really good friends on the podcast, coach Fields Brown is a, uh, one of the biggest Arsenal fans I know. Um, so this one kind of gives a shout out to him. So, uh, Dwayne and KP, did you guys know that Arsenal tried to buy Wembley stadium? On March 12, 1997, um, they try to buy Wembley Stadium. Make it theirs. Yeah. So they were basically they were trying to they they were trying to improve Highbury, and they couldn't um, because the council wouldn't let them or, or things like that. So they 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 basically you know they put a bid of 120 million pounds. Uh, <clears throat> to the, I'm assuming the FA owns Bumbley Stadium, right? Or, or some sort be, of... Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. So <clears throat> they put in a bid to whoever owns Wembley Stadium. They're like, listen, we're gonna, I want, we want to buy Wembley Stadium and we want to make Wembley our new home. Here's 120 million pounds, boom. Uh, and they were like, now nah, the FA said no, uh, because they didn't want a club to own Wembley, especially as in 1997, they were gearing up to make a bid towards the 2006 World Cup. So they were like, if we have Wembley, uh, that's going to make our bid stronger. Uh, you know, and history tells us that obviously they didn't get the bid. 2006 World Cup was played in Germany. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, so Arsenal ended up buying Ashburn Grove, which then ultimately turned into the Etihad, or sorry, the Emirates Stadium. Not Etihad is the city. Uh, turned turn into the Emirates Stadium. That year, though, or in the next two years, though, they did play uh, six home Champions League games at Wembley. Arsenal did in, in 1998 and 1999. So, well, they didn't win the Champions League, so it was all for nothing. Yeah, maybe they should have stuck. Maybe they should have gone. Maybe they should have put up some more money because ultimately the Emirates Stadium ended up costing 360 million pounds or something maybe like they that. They should have so. brought Pele in for a PK goal. <laughs> And the Brazilians would have won because they would have got an extra goal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, moving on to our fair play of the week. Uh, so the fair play of the week always goes out to somebody or, or something or somebody or an organization or, or something on those lines that goes towards, you know, progressing the game um, or moving the game forward. Uh, so 
my fair play with the week this week goes out to all the coaches that in general have helped spread the word about the Delaware Union Diamonds. Uh, very appreciative of all of them um, because they they are the reason why we're going to be have we're going to be able to have a successful tryout tomorrow and ultimately a successful season. So we really appreciate your efforts in believing in what we're believing in. So my fair play is going to go out to the folks over at Angela Soccer Club. Uh, shipping out my gear today. It's set to arrive. So you mean Angelo's soccer corner? What did I say? Club? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Angelo's soccer corner. Sorry. Trying to do a little <laughs> promo here. Angelo's soccer corner for uh, sending out that gear. It's arriving today. Fortunately, I won't be there to receive it at work, but that's yeah. a good gear. Yeah. Also, Angelo's soccer corner provided the uh the Delaware Union Diamonds tryout shirts. Came in looking looking good. So, KP, you got a fair play of the of the week. Um, I would do so. It'll be uh, someone out here in ship. Um, the other assistant coach, uh, just because trying to figure out the professional boundaries between just transitioning from a player into coaching was very difficult. Um, just setting those boundaries. But the other assistant was a year before me, so watching her being able to do that was pretty allowed an ease easel ease, easier transition there we go what's her name so, um her name's kelsey harris kelsey all right yeah well she's kelsey harris. well done kelsey yeah she'll have no idea so i'll tell her that i shouted her out because um she's originally from ohio and played at um ohio dominican i believe and then somehow ended up out here in chips so nice well i mean you could also just get her to listen to the podcast that's true. I, I will send it to her, but I make no promises because I, I can't control people. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Is that one not one of your superpowers? Can't control people? No. No, no, no. All right. <laughs> we'll we'll keep trying. <laughs> um all right. So KP, what did you think of your first episode on the podcast? Um, I thought it was very well. I'm ready for my own segment, but I'll be patient. So, Ooh, I mean, so not, not only do you want your own episode of like your interview, you want your own segment on the podcast too. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, I meant just the interview. Uh, you, oh. can, you can have your own segment. <laughs> yeah. KP's you can have your own segment. Corner. Yeah. Case P court KP's corner. Oh my goodness. You can have your, you can have your own, you can have your own segment. You can talk about whatever you want. Well, well maybe down the road when I have some followers, but it's been a while since I've been around Delaware union. So this is not just going to Delaware Union people. This is you going everywhere. Build up a ship. This is up. going to the world. Yeah, you can ship. Ah, Shippensburg. Get it? Ship's Corner. Ship's Corner. Ah, there you go. Oh. You guys are so clever. <laughs> uh, and you can and now you understand all, all of you out there listening why our marketing analytics department doesn't necessarily do anything. Uh, because we're we're always wasting our time trying to come up with funny puns that don't really land. Um now, I mean, obviously, again, none of you can see, but, uh, you know, Dwayne has a nice little anchor behind him uh, talking about Ship's Corner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. We, we've gone. We've gone completely. We're, we're over the fence at this point. Um, make sure you follow us on social media on Facebook.com slash Delaware Union on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer and on Twitter at D.E. Union Soccer. Uh, Dwayne, KP, I will see you both bright and early. Sounds good. Awesome.
Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.